want more information of it, I have a printout of the article in Pastor Scott's office that you can look at, or if you want a copy of it, you can. Um, but uh, it's basically, uh, it, the article was removed, um, so I don't know if you can still find it or not, um, but it was basically talking about how um, every other um, category of death in the United States has been pretty much the same as was last year, except for, I believe it was heart disease and um, like strokes or like things like that, like major like life-ending type <laughs> illnesses. Uh, those numbers have been dramatically decreased this year. Um, everything else is the same. There's no difference, but those numbers have been increasingly like lower than it was last year. Uh, and, and it really does kind of show that um, those are actually being taken over by COVID deaths and not like actual COVID deaths, like uh, COVID is being tagged onto it and it's, it's being replaced. Um, and so, so these are situated now in, in some of these situations, uh, I, I'm sure that uh, they, they could have also had COVID and that could have caused complications and things. But uh, we ha it's, it's kind of at the beginning of this, everyone's like, oh man, I don't know, this is kind of iffy and stuff. But there's still uh, lots of information coming out and still lots of things uh, that, are, that are being shown that show us that um, this really is not the crisis that, that people are making it out to be and the news media is making it out to be. And, and the importance of that is um, we are living in a time where, where people are very afraid of, of things and, and they are are worried about stuff. And then, and then people who choose to see truth are also worried because they see the direction that the rest of the country is going or that, you know, and, and so there's a lot of, um, you know, it, no matter which side that you're on, no matter what you believe, no matter if you see truth or, or whatever, um, th there is a lot of uh, anxiety and, and uh, just worry happening. And so that's actually a little bit of what I'm going to talk about this morning. Um, uh, not specifically worry and anxiety, but um, spending time with God on a regular basis and, and how that really does help with those things. Um, so um, we're living in a time right now where it's really hard for us to find peace and even fulfillment like in the things that we do. Uh, people are absolutely filled with anxiety and depression and stress and like all other manner of mental unhealthiness, you know. Um, and, and it's not necessarily good to live in that place, and there is freedom in that with our relationship with Jesus, um, but sometimes it can be hard to find, even in, in, in the midst, even, in, you know, I find myself in the same situation, and, like, I'm not, like, standing up here in front of you claiming to be, like, a, you know, superstar Christian or anything, uh, but, um, you know, I, I do the best that I can to, to listen to the, to the directions and, and of God and, and be obedient to Him, uh, but even still, among that, you find yourself in a place of... Um, yeah, I, I'm uncertain. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm a little worried about this, like having young children and saying, like, I'm going to have to raise my kids in this and try to teach them something totally opposite to what culture is, is saying right now. And, and uh, that kind of those kind of things worry me sometimes. Um, but there is hope uh, amid, amid all of this. Uh, there, there really is. One of my friends shared a Gallup poll of people rating their own mental health in comparison to last year by like demographic category. Um, and there, it was an interesting thing to look at because basically people are saying like, um, I have better or worse mental health compared in 2020 compared to, uh, compared to 19. And every single category was marked as I am, uh, I, my mental health is worse than it was in 2019, except for one category. And that one category was people who attend church weekly. This is the only one that marked that their mental health is better now than it was in 2019. It's very interesting, very eye-opening, and that really, like, I could literally end my sermon right there. <laughs> like, like that, that tells it to you. 
that shows you where the hope is, that shows you where the freedom is, that shows you where, um, like, the fellowship, like, there's so much power when it, in, in fellowshipping with other Christians and being with other people, and it's such a detriment to um, our relationship uh, in learning who God is, because we need people around us to tell us, you know, like, hey, you know, you're out of line here, like, the scripture says this, or whatever, and we need to encourage other people as well, and even if we're not necessarily doing anything wrong, we need people around us to, to bolster us in faith, and and to, to, be, um, to be strong in that so that we can accomplish the things that God's created for us to do. Uh, and so it, it really is um, an eye-opening thing uh, that, that says the importance. And I really do, um, I, I am so blessed that, that I'm able to have a position at a church where my pastor is leading, leading us in the way of we are going to continue to have church because it is important. And, and I really, truly believe that it's a conviction of the Holy Spirit on his heart uh, that, that, we, um, that we continue to do these things. Uh, and, and even at the beginning of, um, well, I guess it was the end of March when everything really shut down at the beginning. Um, you know, I, we were hearing all this stuff on the news about, you know, what's happening and everybody's shutting down and nobody actually knows if it's actually bad or not bad or not and everything. And, and, uh, and I'm sitting back there in the, in the media booth and I'm like running sound and live stream and all, everything else at the same time. I've got like four tablets back there and <laughs> I'm doing all this stuff. And I kept thinking to myself, oh my goodness, this is such an opportunity for the church to show who it is and for the church to be the church. And we're just sitting here with an empty room in front of a camera. Like, like my heart was like just, um, I don't know, it was just aching over that. And, uh, and I was really like pondering, like, am I just like out of line or, or whatever? But I truly believe that we have been doing the best that we can here at Church of Briargate to listen to the Holy Spirit and follow the direction that he's given us. Um, and, I, and I think that the, the evidence in, in, that, in the, the poll that I just shared, the evidence is, is clear in the people of the church. And, and, uh, and, and I really am, it, it really is a blessing to be able to, to, in a time like this especially, be with those who are of like mind and of like faith um, to, to support each other. Um, so this is where our focus should be. Our focus should be on the Lord. Our focus should be on Him, and, and He is where we are going to find peace. He's where we're going to find hope, uh, and, and not just that, but, you know, God, God didn't just send Jesus down to die on the cross just so that we can get a ticket into heaven. There's so much more than that, right? He created us for a specific reason, and, and through our relationship with Jesus, we have access to the Father, and we can spend time directly with Him so that we can know His voice, so that He can speak to us, and we can learn His character, so that in turn, we can go out and be that to people who need it right? Because just as much as, you know, maybe we have found this place where, where we, we can feel normal and, and have a family and, and, and of people around us that are supporting and everything like that, there are people uh, who are in the complete opposite situation that really just need somebody to speak hope into their life because they have not found it themselves, right? And so this, this is, again, this is where our focus should be on, on spending time with God and being with Him and listening to who He is. I think there's a lot of, like, uh, reasons that people might come to church, um, or there's a lot of factors uh, when it comes to doing this. Um, and I kind of already mentioned some of these, but I'm going to read through my notes so I don't get lost. <laughs> People were created to be with each other. We need healthy relationships. Um, and I, I think that there's a sense of normalcy that we could find here in the church that seems to be lacking in other places. Um, and I think the best of these reasons is that we serve an active and living God. The best of the reasons why it's... it's um, it's evident that people who go to church regularly um, are doing better is because we serve an active and living God, right? There's, there's much more than just 
the fellowship of people or, or getting to be in a place where somebody's not like standing at the door telling you wear a mask or something like that. Like those are, I think those are good things for our mental health. But the biggest thing that it comes to when it comes to going to church weekly is the fact that we serve an active and living God, right? We, we serve a God that is actively doing things, miracles and, 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 and providing hope and, and, and all these kinds of things. Like that's the biggest reason why there's a change. It's not just because we get to hang out with people and we didn't get to before. It, it really is all about God. Uh, and, and I think that we can't, we can't afford to not be in the presence of God because we will qu- quickly deteriorate in the environment around us without the power of God. And that, unfortunately, I, I have seen this in, in evident in some people's lives that we get comfortable sitting at home and watching a live stream instead of going to church. We get comfortable, you know, well, we'll just like catch up on it later. If we miss it, it's recorded. We can watch it later or whatever. And, and I think that we can get in this, this attitude, which, which I, I I think that, you know, if you stay at home and watch it on a live stream or whatever, like, I don't think there's any problem with that, but I think we have to be careful because we can get in this attitude where it's so comfortable and so easy for us to, to not have God in our life. It's so comfortable and so easy for us to, to, to just put God off until, until it's convenient for us, right? And, and you have to be careful putting yourself in that place because you can very quickly deteriorate in that environment. Um, and we need the power of God in our life to be able to get through some of this stuff. Um, we can't get in the habit of being in a place where it's convenient to skip out on God. Um, as far as uh, Scripture goes, I'd like to start out by looking. We're going to be in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. So if you guys want to uh, turn there, uh, Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. I'd like to start out by looking at this portion of Scripture that gives us such a pure example of who Jesus Christ is uh, and into the heart of, of God the Father. Um, and, and what he has for us, the heart that he has for us, the care that he has for us, the, the, the just overwhelming, like, uh, unending love that he has to pour out on us. And, and, uh, and it's just um, a really good picture of that in this scripture right here. Luke chapter 7, starting verse 36. One of the Pharisees, and this is right after... Um, sorry, hang on, I'm getting confused here. No, that's the next passage. Just kidding. Forget what I just said. <laughs> Luke chapter 7, verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. What an incredible image of what it feels, and we're going to read this later on in Scripture, of what it feels to be forgiven by God, what it feels, how it feels to, to truly be in the presence of the Lord. I believe that any time that we step into the presence of God, and this may not be an experience that happens all the time, and, and we need to be careful if we're expecting it to feel like this all the time, but I really do believe that our heart should be in this place every time we walk into the presence of God, any time that we walk into the same room with Jesus, that that our hearts are broken and we begin to, our heart yearns for the things that he's done for us because at the end of the day, we are just as this woman, just as immoral, just as unrighteous, just as unjust to be able to be in the presence of God. And yet this God sent his son to die for us. And, and because of that, our heart should always be in this place of, of utmost humility and, and brokenness out of the grace that God has given us. And I think that's what we see with this woman here. And it's interesting because uh, we always see the response of the Pharisees because they don't understand what's going on. When the Pharisees had, uh, in verse 39 here, when the Pharisees had invited him, that ha- who had invited him saw this, 
He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. Then Jesus, answering his thoughts, which is incredible, right? Because he's just talking about if he was a prophet, surely he would know. In his own thoughts, talking to himself in his head. And then Jesus answers his thoughts, which is just amazing. Simon, he said, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to another, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you did not offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not get me, uh, greet me with a kiss, but from the first... Um, from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, so she has shown much love. But her, a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that... He goes around forgiving sins, and Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, um, Jesus is also taking this opportunity right here to, to basically proclaim that he is the Son of God. He's, he's doing multiple things here, but I think that this is... Um, sorry, I'm lost in my thoughts again. <laughs> um, but I think that this is... Um, an important image here for us. There's so much more to our relationship with God than just simply getting a ticket into heaven. And I think the hardest thing for the Pharisees is that they are so unwilling to give in their relationship with Jesus here. They're so unwilling to um, change their mindset and change the way that they're thinking that they don't understand the love that this woman has for Jesus. Right? They're so unwilling to change. And the thing is, is like, I think that so much of this is the key to who God wants us to be and, and, and finding hope and finding love and finding peace and everything. And, and it really is simply, what kind of an attitude do you have towards Jesus? Do you understand the weight of what he's done for you? Do you understand the, 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 the connection that we have to God the Father because of who Jesus is, right? There's so much more to our relationship with God than simply getting a ticket into heaven. Um, I think there's a lot of different reasons why somebody might go to church um, and I think that sometimes, especially during now, uh, it, people who are seeking a lot more than they have before, uh, trying to find a church and trying to understand who God is a little bit more than they used to. Um, but I, so I think there's a lot of different reasons why people might come to church. Um, and, and I don't think any of these reasons are bad to start coming to church. Uh, but I think that if you've been in a church for a while, you have to think about um, why are you staying? Like, is this something that really is impactful in your life? Is it something that really is changing you? Is it really important to you or, or you know? Uh, whatever that is, but, um, you know, maybe it's uh, what your parents did, you know, the way you were raised, your upbringing, maybe that's the reason you came to church. Well, my, my parents always went to church, and, and maybe I should start going to, or, or whatever that looks like. Uh, maybe you feel like you have a moral obligation, like uh, it's the right thing to do. Um, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm good with the man upstairs, so I'm going to show up to church every once in a while and make sure that I'm somewhat consistent with it. Um, you know, and, and like I said, life is hard right now, and, and uh, some people are really maybe just looking for some encouragement, uh, in their life and to, uh, you know, figured they give church a try to, to, to figure it out. 
Uh, and similarly to that, uh, maybe you've heard about you know, the end times and given the status of our country, you decided that now's a good time to get close to God or uh, maybe God has done something. And these are, these are the reasons that, that I think are, are, are the, the reasons to stay, the reasons people come. And, and these are the people that these are the reasons they go to church um, are, are the people that are, are solid and the people that are un- unfaltering right now and, and, and able to withstand uh, the storm and, and whatever you, you want to verbalize that as. But God has done something in your life and changed you. And that's the reason that you come to church or, you know, you see the power that there is in the love of God and you choose to be an ambassador to that love to those around you. Right. And so I think these are the reasons that we should get to. No reason is bad to start coming to church, but these are the things that keep people right and and so many times like as a as a youth pastor i think with the students um and how uh um we should structure everything and, and stuff like that and i talk with the leaders and everything and, and sometimes we even have times where we'll, we call it family time where everybody you know will be at the end of youth camp or fine arts convention or whatever it is and everybody will sit in a circle and we'll go around that circle and everybody has to talk about and which some of the kids are like oh do i have to say something you know they just but we make them we make them all say something uh, they basically just have to talk about either something that they need prayer for or something that god spoke to them at whatever that event was uh, that we're at and um and it's it's probably like the, the most encouraging times that we have throughout the entire year is is those times where we sit in a circle and talk about uh, what has God done at this event in your life? Um, and, and literally we go around the circle and, and like story after story about like, man, I've been dealing with this brokenness for all this time. And I finally feel like I'm free from that. I, I, it's like the first time that I'm ever able to walk and not be afraid of this or, or, or whatever. I've never felt God speak to me before. Like I always knew he was real and I felt him, but I feel like he never had anything specific to say to me. And God spoke to me very directly. And, and so going around the circle and just like all of these things, and that is one of the most encouraging things to, to do. And like everybody walks out of that room, most of them like start crying or whatever. And, and like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, you know, an emotional time, but everybody walks out of that room feeling like a champion. Like they just like, like better off than they ever have been before. Um, and, and those are where the, that's where the value is. And, and, and students, students that are kind of on and off like coming to the youth group or not coming to the youth group, haven't experienced that yet. But the ones who are, are consistent, the ones who are like, I'm, I'm all in 100%, are the ones that have had those experiences with God and then also have seen God do that thing in other people's lives as well, right? Because it goes from being, a, you know, stories from 66 different books in, in the Bible or whatever, just like your parents telling you to do it. You know, maybe they're going because, you know, they're, they're living off of their parents' faith instead of their own and, and, and whatever it is. But at those moments, their faith becomes their own and they see the importance of being with other Christians and fellowshipping. And then not only that, but they see the importance of having a relationship with God because out of the relationship that they have with God comes these moments where their life is changed forever. And it doesn't have to be like every weekend I'm having this experience. It's God did this in my life at this point, and I know if I ever need him again, he's going to be there. He will always be there, right? Um, by far, the most value that we can find in our relationship with Jesus, church, religion, ministry, whatever you want to classify it as, is found in a consistent time with the Father, with God. Jesus sets an amazing example of this verse when we see him consistently breaking off from his ministry to spend time with God the Father, um, even late at night, and he would bring disciples along to watch and everything like that, and they'd fall asleep, and, and, uh, and I'm telling you, man, I feel like I've been there sometimes. <laughs> Be in prayer meetings or different things like that through Bible college and everything like that, I'm like, man, I can, if I could just go to bed, I would have a much better time with God tomorrow morning. 
everything, you know, like, <laughs> I could pay attention, you know, whatever that looks like, but, um, but it's incredible because we see so many times where, where Jesus himself slips away, and he sets this example for us to spend time with God, and out of that time with God come all of these miracles and all of these great things that Jesus does. does. And so we have to understand that if we're looking for hope in our life, if you're the kind of person that's like, I want to pray for somebody and see them be healed, like I want to actually do ministry, I want to I see God do big things, and, and I want to be able to have the person that, that even though tragedy has struck, I can still somehow find hope in the ashes of what's happened, right? Even though you know, I have lost a friend or, or whatever it is, like I can still find hope and know that, that Jesus is going to comfort me. And, and other people who don't have that look upon it and say, how could you be so at peace? How could you have so much hope? How can you be okay in a situation like this because of what's going on right now? And it's all because of time spent with God the Father, just like Jesus did, the, the miracles that he did, the, the, the faith that he had and, and example and everything for us all came from his time spent with God, and he valued that. Um, so, and he in, it demonstrates the importance of this in John chapter 5. Um, uh, right after he, he healed a lame man, uh, this is the, the, the one where Jesus tells the man with the mat to get up, take up your mat and go, you know, uh, the man that was sitting by the, uh, I believe it's the one that was sitting by the, the pool uh, for, for 30-something years, uh, just waiting for a moment uh, to get in the pool, and he couldn't do it, and all he needed was for Jesus to come by and say one thing, and he, he gets up and walks, and uh, it really is an amazing thing, uh, but there, it was on the Sabbath, and so the Pharisees are kind of worked up over this. So uh, John chapter 5, verse 17, um, it says this, but Jesus replied, my father is always working, right? Because they're talking about him working on the Sabbath, uh, and they're, they're frustrated about this. Um, Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. So the Jewish leaders and this, I said this before, but I was wrong. This is the passage I was talking about where God is also using this as an, or Jesus is also using this as an opportunity to proclaim himself as the son of God and talk about that. So this is also happening here. Um, my father's always working and so am I. The Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him for he had not only broken the Sabbath, he called his father or called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He only or does only what he sees the Father doing. The Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will be truly astonished. For just as the Father gives life to those he raised from the dead, so the Son, of, uh, so the son gives life to anyone he wants. In addition, the Father judges no one. Instead, he has given the Son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. And ending in verse 24, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death to life. And so taking a moment to look at, at this is the moment where Jesus is talking about uh, eternal life and forgiveness. This is where this power comes from because he is the son of God, right? And, and back to the, the passage where the woman was weeping and anointing his feet, understanding that, that that power is where her forgiveness comes from and that even though she's a broken and completely uh, immoral woman, as the Bible describes her, she understands the love that God has for her even in that state and the forgiveness. And it brings her to this place of, of, of weeping. And, and I even imagine that, that 
you know, just as, just as Jesus was spending time with God, like, I, I think it's different because he is God, okay? And he, just, he, he hasn't been forgiven of anything because he doesn't have sins. But I think in that same attitude, just like Jesus spent time with the Father, uh, as that woman, because we have sin in our life, we also can come to the Father because of the sacrifice of Jesus and have that same experience, have that same honor towards God. Um, so I think we can learn something very important about how God likes to use us from this passage. God the Father is always trying to do things. It says the Father is always working. And whether that's in our life or the lives of the people around us, or if he's trying to work through us to the people around us, whatever that is, I believe that God, is, God the Father is always trying to do things. On our own, we can do nothing. We can only do what we see the Father doing. And I really believe that, that just as, as, as Jesus is explaining this, I think he's laying an example of, of what it looks like for us to be used by God, right? And, and because of the sacrifice of Jesus and in partnership with the ambassador of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to go before the Father and learn who he is and see what he is doing and, and work on all of these things just like Jesus did in this passage. He's explaining that, that no matter what, like, God is always doing stuff, and I cannot do things without the Father. I will do what the Father is already doing. And I think um, this kind of all comes from first spending time with God. It all comes from, from having that regular discipline in your life of spending time with Jesus, reading his word, and then experiencing it for yourself. Because we can have a lot of information from reading the Bible, but, but is there evidence in your life that is, that is speaking to what the scriptures are teaching you? right? Is there evidence in your life that's, that is saying, like, I understand this, and, and God's word is actually living in me more than me just understanding it and reading it, right? Um, we need to be spending time with God so that we can learn his voice and, and do what he, it is that he's saying. God is always trying to speak things, and always trying to do things, but how are we to know his voice if we do not spend time with him, right? How are we to, you know, see the things that God is doing if we don't know who he is, right? Um, sometimes we can have a lot of ideas and things that, that we think God should do, like, God, man, it would be awesome if you could do this, or, you know, God, I got a good plan for you, you know, <laughs> like that kind of a thing. Uh, we have all these ideas um, of things that God should do or how, how he should work, and I think that sometimes God does work like that if we ask him. It says, you know, if you ask these things in my name, you know, all of this stuff, and, and, and I think that God does work like that, but I think sometimes... Um, I think that if we take the time to listen to him, we'll see that he's trying to do a whole lot more than what we can even imagine, than what we can even picture. If we take the time to listen to the, his, his voice, we too, like Jesus, will see the things that God the Father is doing and be able to step in alignment with what, with what he's already doing. And I really think that that's a, the place where we find the most fulfillment and the most purpose in him, that we see the work that he is doing and we're able to step in alignment with that and be used by God to complete the work that he's doing. Right? And I really do think that that is where the, the true fulfillment and the true purpose of our, our relationship with God comes into alignment. Uh, and, and it leads into us being used by God, having experienced his love for ourselves so that we can step into alignment with what he's trying to do in other people's lives and, and be the example of who Jesus is to that person. Right? Because when you have God living in your life, when you have Jesus in your heart, and when you have a relationship with the Father like Jesus had, that person who is lost and scared and full of fear right now is you are very much could be the best example of Jesus that they ever will see, right? You might be like, they might be looking for Jesus, but they, they're going to see them in you. They're going to see him in you because of the time that you spent with the father, because you have him in your heart, because of the relationship that you have with him. 
there's so much more to having a relationship with Jesus than just showing up to church. And these are the reasons, like I said, people come back. These are the reasons people stay. These are the reasons people are committed. These are the reasons why people choose to, to not just attend church, to, but to volunteer in church and to help, help with, with all the ministries that are going on. Because there's so much more than, than uh, just church. There's peace. There's healing. There's hope. There's fulfillment, direction, and purpose. All of this simply comes from choosing to be close to the Father. And all he needs is you. Just being close to him. Just spending time with him. Like this morning during, a, uh, during the third song. What was it? More like, more like Jesus, yeah. Um, man, I just, man, I, I really just felt like God was like right here in the room and, and, and we were just, just bowing at his feet in that moment. Uh, and, and it really just thinking about what I was speaking this morning. Um, don't tell anyone, but I may have like started crying in the drunk age. Uh, but, um, but really just brought to that moment of like, man, God is so good. I just want to be more like Jesus, right? And the fact that he allows us to be more like him, even though we are sinners, right? It, it's just, it's just amazing, Right, and so I think about spending time with God, and and I, and I don't think it has to be like incredible like moments, and and uh, and you know some churches have like fog and light shows and stuff like that, and and uh, we don't hear just mostly because we can't afford that stuff, but <laughs> um, but uh, you know we we do all these theatrics sometimes to try to get that feeling, to try to to try to get that, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing because. Um, you know, I interned at a church one time that was very large, and, and I would show up there like just the same time as a worship practice and program all the lights to match the colors and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and I really did feel like, like I am using, like being used by the Holy Spirit to provide an environment that people can, you know, enjoy spending time with God and everything. So, so I'm not bashing that. Don't think that I am. Um, and, but I was thinking about this at our board and staff Christmas party. Um, we were at the end of the Christmas party, and Pastor Scott was sharing with the board and the staff all the different things that were um, going on throughout the year, and how how we really are pleased with with the things that God is doing, and and, and just kind of a, a humble moment. And uh, so we closed and prayed for all of these things. And I was standing next to the light switches, and I was like, "Ooh, I can dim the lights right now, or whatever." <laughs> and I just thought, like, how silly is that? Like, we show up to church and and think it has to be this proper like lights and everything have to be at the right place in order for us to have a moment with God. But like, how weird would it be if you were like praying over dinner with your family and you're like, "Okay, go turn the lights down," or you know, like, well, you know? I just thought it was kind of funny, but but in saying that, like, we don't have to we don't have to do all the theatrics. Right, we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to do all of that kind of stuff to have a relationship with God. Right, uh, we just just have to be with Him. We just have to speak to Him. We just have to spend time with Him. We just have to acknowledge Him throughout our day. Right, we just have to to understand that He's with us when we're driving down the road. Understand that He's with us with everything that we're doing. Right, even when somebody cuts us off, you know, God is still sitting there with you. Uh, we just have to be with Him and make a commitment to spending time with Him. And I think. Um, the most important thing is truly just making that a, a, a discipline in our lives. Making that a discipline uh, of, of a regular thing, like saying that this is a priority above so many other things, above everything else in my life, that, that God will be first before everything. And I think that, that in moments in my life where I've struggled with uh, different things, like 
um, God, are you speaking right now? God, are you even here right now? Like all this is happening or whatever, or, or even times in my life where I'm just like, man, I'm a little bit angrier than I usually am, right? I'm a little bit more uh, probably annoying to my wife than I usually am. And, and all these times, and, and I think that a lot of times, like if I would just look at how much time I'm spending with God, I would see a direct relationship with my attitude and, and who I am and, and the time that I spend with God, right? And, and so um, the people that have the hope right now, the people that have the drive, the, the passion, the joy, uh, even in moments like this, are the ones that are regularly spending time with God. The ones that are, uh, like the poll said, attending church weekly and, and being committed to, to all of these things. Um, so I, I want to end with this passage here in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19. Um, this really is our hope. This is our uh, driving, you know, place behind us spending time with God, right? It's, it's a, a, an example of his character. So again, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, who is Christ Jesus, by the way, uh, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Even as reading through that, I, I can't help but think of the same attitude that that woman had going up to Jesus and, and pouring out this, this expensive perfume in this alabaster jar and, and, and literally washing his feet with her hair and, and just, just letting her tears flow because she understands this. She understands that by his death, he's opened a door in a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. We have access to the most holy place. We don't have to have somebody else do it for us. We don't have to wait until a prophet hears from God so that we can hear his voice. We can hear his voice ourselves. We can step directly into the most holy place and be in that place with God. And so really in this moment right here, as we close, I, I really just want to spend just a moment in prayer. Um, and, and I'm just going to pray for you guys and pray for us in this place. And as I pray, uh, whatever attitude that you need to have to, to just reaffirm, I, I really just feel like in this moment, we just uh, make a commitment before God right now, right? Make a, make a commitment to say, God, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my priority, right? I am going to uh, make it a regular habit to spend time in your most holy place, right? Because there's hope in that. There's hope in that. And, and right before I pray, I'm just going to read through the beginning of this passage one more time. And as I do this, I want you guys to think about what that means for your life. I want you to think about the, uh, the result of action to this scripture that is going to come in your life because of this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way 
through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with the blood of Christ to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Lord, we thank you so much for your promise. We thank you for your blood, the blood of Jesus. God, and I pray that that church wouldn't just be a habit, God, it would be a, a, a regular occurrence because of the joy and the love that we have being in your presence, God, because of the brokenness that, that, that we feel, because of the love that you've given us, God. God, I thank you that, that, that our, our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with your blood to make us clean. God, that you wash us with pure water. God, I pray that we would continue to live our lives as those who have been cleansed, as those who have been washed with clear water. God, that we can be an example of Jesus to those around us. God, those that, that do not know you yet, those that do not have hope, God, that they would be able to see you in us. God, and we so humbly, God, so humbly and so graciously are blessed with that opportunity. God, and I pray that as we continue in, in our day, in our week, as this season of, of holidays comes through, God, that we would truly understand that you are first above everything else. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. I did want to mention again that the, uh, um, the building fund commitment cards, um, uh, if you have those, you can turn them in to the cafe. Uh, again, we are trying to reach, I don't have an update as of this week, um, but we are trying to reach $3,000 in monthly uh, commitments for the year of 2021, not for like the rest of your life or anything, <laughs> for the year of 2021. And, and Pastor Scott is, is adamant, just, just do what you feel God is speaking to you to do. Um, if, if this is where God is leading us, he will provide, uh, but he uses people to do that. So, so don't just say, all right, God's going to take care of it, right? He might be asking you to help. So just do what God is asking you to help with that. Uh, and you can turn that in the cafe. Uh, if you no longer have a commitment card, you lost it or you need it, I, th I believe that there's some on the, on the edge of the sound booth over there. You can grab one on your way out. So uh, uh, be blessed as you go. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak to you guys this morning, uh, even though you had no choice. So we will see you next week. <laughs>